uplifters. So how much did you dislike wildlife? I must know. I think I'm gonna give it two. Exactly what I predicted. Uh, I I saw wildlife. When did it when did it lose you? Um I liked it. I think I'm in the middle. I don't think it was I don't think any one thing happened. I think it was just like a slow losing of my faith. <laughs> I gasped when the son goes to the bus stop for his dad to get off the bus. And then, or for him to get on the bus to go see his dad or something. Mm. And then the bus approaches in the shot, consumes the shot. So he's sitting on the bus stop and it disappears. The bus goes away. He's no longer on the stop. So we assume that he's gotten in the bus and then it pans over and he's like running down the street. Oh yeah. That was, that was good. I think it's it's very well shot. I saw that that movie. I I think the day I got to New York for New Fest and I started falling asleep 10 minutes in, but it had nothing to do with the movie. So I was very much in a like a hallucinogenic state watching that so i don't even remember when jake gyllenhaal says it's a wild life ain't it son uh, it's it i don't remember i don't remember that it was a four and a half star movie for me until that <laughs> and then when you dock it to three and a half three and a half i gave it, it four it was it's it's unforgivable honestly i think like it's no a wild life isn't it again son? i don't remember it so my 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 own conception of the movie does not involve this i mean carrie uh there's not enough slots, but if there were enough slots, Carrie would be on my ballot. Carrie's great. Carrie's mm-hmm. great. No? Oh, yeah, Ben's not really a fan of You're Carrie. You're not Mulligan. a Carrie. Goodbye. You're not a Molestan. She's good in Inside Lewin Davis. Which is her worst performance, easily. That's wild, so explain that. That's a wild life. That's a wild ben? That's a wild take, Ben. That's wild. That's that's wild and it's the, it's, that's a, that is a wild and fire take. She's one of those actors for me where I see a lot of emotions presented on her face and I feel nothing. I just think that okay. she's working so hard Fair. to be abrasive and in inside Lewin Davis that the effort shows. Oh, I do. It I feels don't completely her in that. Uh, it feels completely uh, artificial to me. Well, that's how I feel about all of her performances. Right, that's so a, it fits no, with my conception of it her fits, as an actor. It fits this dichotomy because for a lot of people who love Carrie Mulligan, that's the one performance they're like, eh, it's a little arch and not in a stylistically appropriate way. She's doing this manner like she's it's super mannered. Her singing's great. And then people, I guess, who don't like Carrie Mulligan point to that and they're like, now that, I call that acting. Well, she's in a Cohen movie and it works for me. She's the, and I mean, I think it's a perfect movie, but I don't think she's good in the movie. Interesting. I also think. Well, that's a little, I mean, I'm just being like brash because we're recording a podcast. She's fine in the movie. The dialogue in Wildlife, not just the Wildlife line. Wildlife, son. All of it. See, I don't. The dialogue in what? All, wildlife, all of it. Throw it out. Start over. Every oh, really? single fucking line. I like it. I Oof. like. The, I like Oof. how emotionally immature it all is. The. I kept thinking about one of something that I personally believe very deeply, and that is like a Paul Schrader thing that mm. you should really resist the urge to ever be clever when you're writing dialogue. I don't think it's clever. I do. I think it. I think what I what I like so much about the dialogue in the movie is that it's people. Who are trying to act well, out at people, quote unquote. Pe- yeah, no, of course. Well, they're characters. <laughs> people who are who are who have been hoisted into a drama and they're acting they're basically play acting what they think they're supposed to do in this situation, and then it's their own like psyches working against it. Hmm. Like that's a lot of Carrie Mulligan's tension in the performance to me. It's like her being completely unglued by her life falling apart while also trying to be the woman like try and be the woman whose husband has left her. Maybe. 
That's what I like about it. I didn't I not shut it already? No, you opened it. Oh, I pushed it. it the I opened oh, it further. You opened it more. Why didn't you tell me? I didn't notice. Well, I wasn't looking. So, Brandon, tell us about a movie that you didn't like. Well, I was telling this to Ben. I I don't hate it by any means. We're talking about Vox Lux colon a 21st century portrait, a film by Brad Corbet. Corbett? Vox Lux. <laughs> Fox Fox. Um I can't stop thinking about it, but I don't like it. Is there really? When a, you got a, a mouthful of bagel, you got Vox Lux. It's like in the O. So he does something. I never saw Childhood of a Leader, but from what I understand, this is just his style. Like his credit scrolls are very elaborate and extravagant. And the ending, like Vox Lux comes up really big, and the O inside the O, it says a 21st century portrait. And what? on. What does Vox Lux mean? It's her album. Title. Well, Vox means voice, mm-hmm. and Lux means deluxe. Great, a deluxe voice, a, deluxe a, luck, voice. a luxurious voice, perhaps. Great. I just I want you guys to see it so we can have a laugh together. I'll see it if I can see it for free. Yeah, fair. S- some some. I mean, paying for it in a theater or using a cinemia for it in a theater hurt me. But Brandon, yeah. it's the movie of the year according to Mick LaSalle. <laughs> I know we did this off mic, but. <laughs> Feel free to read again. <laughs> read it again. Read it again and read him again. Okay. As if you recall, listeners, from our Suspiria episode, Nick LaSalle, who we love to drag on this podcast, um, did not like Suspiria. And he had a very elaborate, overly grandiose first paragraph. In the beginning, there was light. And the light shone through a picture, and the history of time became cinema, and Suspiria has no place in the bandwidth of the cinema. I am reminded, can I make an aside really quick? On the Throwing Shade podcast, Brian Safi was talking about seeing Suspiria again and how great it is. And he paused and said, it's actually based on another movie, and the the original might be better. (laughs) I was just like... Was I it love, a gag? Uh, no. <laughs> I just think it's so funny. I love him. Non-film people are funny. Um, They're so funny. So, Nick LaSalle landed on the complete polar opposite end of the spectrum with Vox Lux, colon, a 21st century portrait of film by Brad Corbet. Um, Is it Corbet? I don't know. I, was like, I would say Corbett. I don't think it's like Sorbet. Corbet. <laughs> I don't know. Corbett. <laughs> just going to go with Corbet. I mean, he doesn't deserve the respect of knowing how to pronounce his name correctly anyway. I haven't seen any of his movies, but I'll, I'll drag. He doesn't deserve the, the enunciation of a frontatour, you know? The phrase cinema verite name... appears in the script for Vox Lux upwards of 40 times. I mean, so. Oh, you've read it? You need to pronounce <laughs> Brady Corbett like... I can't imagine what that script looks like. Frank, Frank is Coy's it, true fart. Is, you know? yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it Celeste... In, in the parens before the dialogue, an embarrassing Jersey accent. In an embarrassing <laughs> yes. Jersey accent. Hey! I'm walking over here. <laughs> Literally. Might be a line from the movie. Is she actually... I don't go on stage till I have my pizza pie. The driver in Green Book? <laughs> Is it Natalie Portman? Same energy. Uh, in Vox Lux. As Viggo Mortensen. Oh! In oh, my Book. <laughs> you know... Once I decided to bail on the Arrow Double because I didn't feel like going, uh-huh. I was like casually looking up Green Book showings. Yeah. Fucking sold out. Wow. Three hours before the 7 p.m. Okay, but he's got a mouthful of gabagool. People were It is a Green Friday Book. night. It is. In Hollywood, baby. 
Roma. I tried Roma and I tried Green Book. Both sold out. Wow. At the landmark. Have theaters. you seen Roma yet? No. I'm I guess s- not. If you were trying I'm to go see it, saving it. I'm saving. The saving moment. it to okay. savor it. Nick Lasalle. <clears throat> back to Mick. All all roads lead back to San Francisco. <laughs> Just to Mick. Just to Mick specifically. I love the Mick starring Mick Lasalle. There are great movies every year, but every so often there's a movie that's not only great, but new. That advances the form. <laughs> Literally every movie is new <laughs> once it comes out. That pushes movies to a different place. The bottom of the garbage bin. Such movies get remembered as the thing that happened in cinema that year. And that'll be Vox Lux. The thing that happened in 2018 you ha- you is have- Vox Lux. He's right. It is a thing that happened. <laughs> oh, that's the end of my story. All right, that's that's it for me. <laughs> I guess, done the Mickliffs out. I was going to say, like, Vox Lux is the thing that happened in 2018, like Donald Trump being elected was the thing in mm. 2016. Mm-hmm. Vox Lux is not the God, Nick, where I'll tell you one thing about Vox Lux. It's, it's, it ain't the thing. John he's, Carpenter's The Thing. He's Ooh. not Did they re- watch that? No. Did they remake The Thing a couple years ago? Yeah. Am I making that up? Starring um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Winstead. I can't pronounce any names. Let it be on the record. I can't pronounce anything. Maybe, Brandon, you should should YouTube a video, an interview of them where someone says their name instead of just making (laughs) these pronunciations up as you go. Fuck off. I just wanted to say instead. (laughs) Instead. Wow, that's embarrassing. No, it's, I think it's cute. I think it's, I think it's. That just means you read a lot. You're so literary. I forget. That's who's... why Brandon hates chapters and movies. He's like, I, I have my precious novels and my books, and I don't go to the cinema for that. That's me time. Someone very smart <laughs> once said, don't make fun of anyone for mispronouncing someone's name because that means they read a lot because huh? they got it from reading. Huh? I don't get it. Because you're getting all of your information from words. From Rather text. than video. Instead of sound and, yeah. and video. You haven't yet pivoted to video. Mm-hmm. You're right. I'm still on. I'm still on the. You're a little book boy. I haven't pivoted to chicken. A little bookworm. Brandon's a bookworm. Pivot yeah. to. I don't. I didn't know where I was going with Wait, that. What was I, I thought say? something would come to me. Well, by the time I got there, we are recording in the afternoon. The rules don't apply You're when right. it comes to how we can usually uh, do. Rules things. don't apply. Thank pivot you, tomorrow. The rules. <laughs> <laughs> That's so we just we just went out. So Ben is, you know. His appetite for Marwan is voracious. He cannot <laughs> wait to go mm. to Marwan. And mm. Ben cannot wait to be welcomed to Marwan. And I just found out Ben hasn't even seen the trailer. This is purely abstract. I'm just Your I attraction love, to Marwan is in the abstract. I love late period Zemeckis. I just love it. Did you love Well, I'll name one and you'll just say you'll love it. Yeah. The so walk. Yeah. Well, that, he's the walk, on the record. The walk is that. probably my favorite of late period Zemeckis. Flight. Yeah. Allied. I actually didn't see Allied because oh. just like life got away from me that winter. <laughs> we're, we're, are, we, are we still doing a Marwan episode? No, we cut it we for cut. the mule. Let's <laughs> mush them together. We maybe, made room for the mule. Maybe we should instead. do a double feature of Welcome to Marwan and the mule. Mm, that's a great That fucks up our homework. We don't talk about what we do behind the scenes when we're on the mic. Never. Not no, anymore. that never comes up. It's not, it's not interesting. It's not important. It's not, it's not fair. I just can't believe that this movie is real. <laughs> and I can't wait. Welcome. Get out wait. Tomorrow one. <laughs> the trailer is. Did you say more gumbo? Ammo! <laughs> what is it, Brandon? <sighs> Do it. <laughs> In the action figure world, he's like. 
In Marwin. In the trenches. Yeah, in Marwin. We know what it's called. He's in the trenches, and he's like, I need more ammo! And then it cuts to real life, and Leslie Mann, like, peeks her head in his room, and he's like, more gumbo? (laughs) And he's like, no gumbo! No gumbo for it's me, please. It's going to be so good. <laughs> People have said it's this year's downsizing. <laughs> oh, yikes. <laughs> Which one of you liked downsizing? I did. I think it's... I, I think give it's, it three. I think it's unfairly maligned, but it's not a great movie. I give it three. I haven't yeah. seen it. It's very long from what I understand. Very long. I think it's like two Because it changes... It's not like so The movie long. literally changes what it is about halfway through. Well, well I love a shape-shifting film. I love a shape-shifting picture. If you're watching a movie... And it changes, the story changes from act one into act two. You might be watching what we call burning. (laughs) Wow. I just don't know why they couldn't do all of those like plot strands and also keep Kristen Wiig in the whole movie. You know what I mean? Like they still could have been about all of the things that it's about. The fact that she vanishes is quite strange. Isn't it she never shrinks? Yeah. She decides not to shrink. Oh, I've seen that that, that, that Christmas where I saw the trailer 800 times. I just picture, I always see... Kristen Wiig, half an eyebrow, being like, I could do it. <laughs> oh, that's in the trailer? They, yeah. they finally had to put out another trailer because it was so uh, misleading that audiences was, were yeah, the, what's it revolting. Called? The tests. It got it tested so poorly. They're like, oh, we can't lead people to think that Kristen, Kristen Wiig Wiig's in the whole gets movie. small. She'd be so funny as a, as a small. And it gets into like the economics of the small world, and it's just like, why can't Kristen Wiig be there? Like, why does it? All, why does it have to be about him being a bachelor? No, let yeah. her crack jokes about a micro economy. No, you know, a he, small market. They can still like have marital issues. She can just be there. They can have big issues. <laughs> small people. Yeah, it's weird how many people get wasted. Like Laura Dern's in a bathtub for five minutes. Mm, That's mm. more of a cameo, though, right? A cameo, sure. But mm. Kristen Wiig is basically a cameo. Isn't too. Neil Patrick yeah. Harris a cameo? Yeah, as well? uh-huh. in the same scene. Well, you can Laura cut Dern. that. Yeah. Ew. Bye. Bye. Bye, MPH, you dumb bitch. Enjoy Skyfall, fags. <laughs> Wait, so why did that get resurfaced? I don't know. I think I think there are now people just looking at every comedian and searching fag. <laughs> to see what they said? Because yep. Silverman also said something about faggot. She mm-hmm. was like, I don't, I don't know. It's <sighs> Just apologize. Ooh, it's okay. We don't need Kevin Hart. No. Just period. No. Do we want to talk about this? Well, I just wanted to say enjoy no, Skyfall. No, I, no, I mean like, a, oh, okay, great. So we don't have to talk about Kevin Hart. I could. I don't have to. I don't really want Do we to. Need the, Globe, the Globe nominations happened. Oh, yeah, we can talk about that. I don't even know what they are anymore. Golden Globe nominated film Choplifters. I looked at More the list come. and I was like, okay. And then I closed it and I haven't really thought about it. I can't it. be yeah, bothered it's... to get incensed about any of this stuff yeah. anymore i don't it's, care it's the golden globes i know well it's I more mean, yeah what's i mean the, the the big headline i think is a star is born competing in drama it will probably win drama which boasts well for it over roma for best picture well roma's not we eligible could... right so right. if roma, roma was eligible. if roma was eligible mm-hmm. roma would well the globe stars born would probably still win but i'm just but, saying, but it, I we, think we, we do the could see, oh go ahead we could see a split yeah. We just, Alfonso director stars born. That probably will happen at the Globes. We just we do the same. No, I mean, oh, at Oscar, big prize. Maybe it's too too early to say. I, I don't yeah, know. I just we just do this every year. It's the same song and dance about the yeah, Globes. It is left field it's really picks. Tiring. Really awful snubs. Mm-hmm. Some interesting choices. Yep. Interesting dark, rich, layered, complicated. I said I don't give a shit. I know. They're gonna put out the nominations every year. We're all gonna watch the show and we're gonna have a little too much to drink and we're gonna have a good time. Yeah. And we don't the best thing about the Golden Globes 
first of all, it's like 90 people, some like obscure little cabal that uh, whose office is in Hollywood. Right. Someone in, in, in a little red brick French building with draped down the vines. street from the Abbey. Yeah, down the street <laughs> yeah. from the Abbey. This has no impact on the Oscars apart. Like, if you're nominated, you can get elevated. But it, mm-hmm. ask Aaron Taylor Johnson yeah. how much of a surefire thing that is. Right. We talk uh, about how great the win. Globes are because you don't have to take them seriously. Yeah. So why do we take them so fucking seriously when yeah. the nominations so go? I can't be bothered and, to care. And the other Same. thing. As I scream. The I don't care. The other I don't, thing. Do I look like I care? <laughs> you look like you care a little bit. Do I look like a person who cares? The other thing, then people would go the other direction and be like, there weren't enough crazy left field Globe picks that? this year. Who said that? There were some that crazy year. rich nominations. Let's be happy about that. No, Not Michelle Yeoh, but, you know, Constance and Constance got nominated in Best Picture. picture. I think that's picture. wonderful. But people were, people wanted, like, a like a, like a Aaron Taylor Johnson random, like, totally left field. Well, it's like... Mm. Like, they wanted the leisure seeker. Vice mm. gets six <laughs> nominations. What? How does this change the Oscar race? It doesn't change the Oscar race. It kind of does, though. No, it doesn't. I mean, it just confirms what we already knew, which is that the performances are great. I always thought the Vice was going to be strong at the Oscars. And and that's the other thing. But now it brings that idea to the mainstream. I suppose. But there's an... But they should know that already because it's their fucking job to be awards prognosticators. (laughs) Ask, how how do you think nine turned out once the Oscar nominations came around? Let me look at how many Golden Globe nominations nine got. Eleven. Nine nine got a lot of nominations. I'm not Um, sure Rob Marshall got a Best Director nomination, mm. but it got picture Nine. actor supporting actress mm. but ben it's it's what you said like song regina, regina king is not locked mm-hmm. amy's gonna sneak in and and, and, and regina might win but it's Crabbe just not, is not a lock locked. things are just not like is vigo's gonna win no like uh what's his face uh christian bale's gonna win yeah oh see i'm not totally sold on that um, I don't know. I thought I the hear embargo the for Vice reviews was supposed to lift. Nine got has... five Golden Globe nominations for oh, a picture, yeah. three acting, and original song. So Good that's for... actually that's and it got a SAG nomination, I guess. But I don't know, you guys. I just don't care. I, 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 I the Critics Awards are fun because mm-hmm. I think those people have more taste. Yes, but yeah. I I love the Oscars. I'm pissed off that they are putting some of the crafts in the commercial break. I'm thrilled Kevin Hart isn't hosting because I don't like Kevin Hart and I like watching the Oscars, but I just don't give a shit about the horse race anymore. I know. Same. Same. I don't care. It's not 2000. Well, I'm, I don't need to go on a whole thing about it, but I'm over it. I will still follow it all, but like yeah. I can't but I'm be bothered get... to. I can't be bothered to fire off twenty fucking tweets every time someone announces their winners and then throw shade at people who are getting excited about the wrong thing, yeah. and then start judging the people who are who who are excited about what they think is the wrong thing. Like, mm-hmm. well, I just said the same thing twice, but I I know what you mean. I'm just over it. Yeah, yeah. it's very tiring. Welcome to another discourse. week. <laughs> I hate the discourse too. Welcome to this discourse, which mm. is another week. Of nothing but positive things to say. Mm. It's a podcast. It's called Movies IMO. Mm. We are your three fave film fags. Wow. We are here to talk about the Oscars. Every week, that's what this show oh, is. Jesus. We just, talk we about just the constantly prognosticate. Constantly. I mean, we do. Uh, <laughs> Quite no, of course a bit. we do. Because we are faggots. No, like, I. We are film fags. I, I am of the theory, and sh- or I'm of the belief, and I know this is elitist, but sorry. Fuck me, I guess. But I don't think you should be able to publicly prognosticate about the Oscars unless you have a college degree in Oscar prognostication. And I say this knowing full well that just excludes that me from the conversation. Mm-hmm. I just can't take it with the armchair shit anymore. Okay, shut up. <laughs> this week, we are spending some gentle time together. We're going to take a, a lyrical trip <gasps> to Japan. Oh. We're going to hang out with Mr. Hirokazu Koreeda. 
with his new film, Choplifters. Get to the choplifter. <laughs> Say it. No, I can't. I, can't. I know. I'm, I mean, I'm forcing I can't do it. it on command. Okay. Okay. Maybe you'll get lit in we, a minute. You're not going to do it for us. <laughs> you eye my beer. You're not going to do. You're not going to do the choplifter bit for us. What are we, choplifter? Oh God. <laughs> what are we, choplifter? <laughs> wow. Okay, chopping that right off. Chop uh, that bit earlier. When I said cut it, chop it right off. Chop all of the bits. We are talking uh, about shoplifters. Chop and lift it out of here. <laughs> you have to say it because I just want to say it. No, I can't. Okay. That reminds me of when I was at I Don't Think So Honey this week. Uh-huh. I'm sure there are some overlap of people who listen to us and the culturistas. Sure. Um, someone did Julie Chen Moonves. Oh, really? And uh, I don't think so, honey. <laughs> made, I, it, it literally makes no sense, but the it was so funny when she said, Leslie Moonves, right out of here. <laughs> <laughs> like, it doesn't sound like any word that it could be, but it was so funny. Oh, that's good. Thank you. So, yeah, so we're just here to make puns with Choplifters, which is the name of the film we're discussing, Choplifters. Uh, this is Coriata's Palm. Networks, chopped Lifters. Oh, oh hell yeah. Thank nice. You. This Nailed is, it. This is, on Netflix. this is Coriata's. Holiday special available now. <laughs> this is Coriata's Palm Door winning winner. Fuck yeah. Love a winner. If it weren't for Roma, it'd win best foreign picture. Yeah. I think that it absolutely would. I agree. Okay, I think we've done it. This is an Oscar prognostication We're program. We're done. We've made our call. This is the last episode. We won. We said it. We've done it. We did it. We solved Oscar prognostication. Oh, isn't... isn't Haley Lou Richardson, what are you doing here? <laughs> Confetti. Pop, all uh, over us. I thought you were doing a um, Columbus reference. Haven't seen the picture. What is the reference? Just her existence. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Her existing Great. as an actress. Great. Congratulations. Thank you. To Columbus. Wow. Good movie. Okay. Give so us a summary. All right. So chop. Paul Rain is back in a little bit. <laughs> all right. I'm going to just chop, chop, chop to the two of you. Zip it. I'm chopping your mouths off. For now, I'll give them back. Wow. I'll lift. I will. I chop them off. I'll lift them back over the table wow. in just a minute. Shoplifters is a story about a makeshift family living on the margins of society. We have a mommy and a daddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did that. That's, that's not how I'm... You I, chopped our mouths off, so I'm, I'm not saying a word. <laughs> you lifted your mouths from me that I chopped off. You lifted them. We have them back? Oh. You're talking, aren't you? <laughs> Choplifters is about a family of shoplifters. I mean, I don't know how to talk about... I mean, it, it's... it's they're making ends meet by lifting from shops. They, they are not... And they accidentally kidnap a little girl. Well, I was going to get to that. They see a girl in the rain, and, and they lift. She's sad, and, and, and her name is Shop, and they lift her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're losing it. They take her home. We're losing it. They make they God. make gluten cake. Mm, gluten and she cake. likes it. She loves and it's the a, gluten cake. And it's a very happy movie, and that's where it ends. Yeah. Nothing bad ever happens. Nope. Grandma's above ground. I smiled oh. the whole time. I didn't shed a tear. No, this is what this is what I have come to <clears throat> say to myself during every Coriata film that we that we've watched for the program, which is, I smile and I laugh and then I hurt and I cry. Very accurate. And that's basically the arc of the Coriata film. Yeah, every Coriata film, and the King of Daddy issues. Oh, oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I I oh. think that, and I I'm Daddy. sure someone else has Daddy said this, issues. but Coriata sort of 
uh, fuses together Ozu and Spielberg, and oh. the father-son Ooh. stuff is definitely very Spielbergian. Wow. Yeah. Very, his is through line is... Daddy. He literally has a movie called like father like, father, like son, son. <laughs> yeah. called daddy. <laughs> I mean, the subtext of every creative film is what did I do wrong, daddy? Literally, yes. I mean, and after the storm, is it after the storm? Yeah, after the storm, they all sort of meld. I mean, they're very different, but they all sort of well, they have a lot of common wise. themes. There's yeah. sort of like the the issue of the burden of parents' decisions being passed down to their children. Mm-hmm. The idea of who you were in the past and how that is influencing the way that you are writing your own future. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the idea of what family means, what makeshift family means. There's definitely a lot about gender dynamics in the families, and also I, I find and what food means. Well, and absolutely, and 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 and, food. and and the flow of the house, as you said in your mm. still walking log. I mean, and that's um, oh, and then also just from the four that I've seen anyway, just sort of how a cultural atmosphere is reflected in personal dynamics or mm. the other way around. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're also talking about still walking. We're also talking about nobody knows. Nobody. We nobody, did a great nobody, job nobody, on our homework. Knows. And maybe we'll talk about after the storm, which I just watched for ex- extracurricular <gasps> shenanigans. Oh my God. Extra credit. Thank you. Good it's job. now you been two years since Thank I've you, seen Daddy. it. So I won't be able to. I thought you watched it. Did you watch it? One of you watched it, it recently. I thought one of you logged it. Not huh, recently. Interesting. Well, then we probably the won't scene, talk about well, it. Well, the, the scene storm. I remember the most is when they're under, when the storm hits. Yes. When they're under the. In the little, jungle gym? In the yes, jungle gym. Yes, same. Literally that same. Scene, that scene is, is the one that sticks out. Well, and something I love about After the Storm, it's just this idea of trying to repl- rep- uh, replicate a relationship in the past mm-hmm. with a relationship in the present. And it can either be like father son or whatever. Like there's there's the whole thing about how Hiroshi Abe, I think Abe. his his father took him to buy like lottery tickets growing up, and so he takes his stepson or his yeah his stepson to go or are they married? They're not married. No, his ex wife, his son with his ex wife, and he takes his right. Okay, it's the stepson and still walking exactly. But it, yeah, so in after the storm, his ex wife has custody of the son because he's only allowed to see him once a month because he doesn't have any money or something like that, mm-hmm. and so he tries to recreate these golden memories that he had with his father with his son, and also like going into the jungle gym in the storm. That's something that they did, mm-hmm. yeah, and it kind of plays out in still walking in a, in a different key, mm-hmm. yeah, just about the things that you wish you were going to do with your parents that you always say you're going to do that you never actually do. Uh, I just love like the idea of doing things or saying doing things, things. Uh, just doing, doing mm. things too late. Like when he remembers the name of the sumo wrestler too late. Mm-hmm. And then in shoplifters when, Oh my God, when the son or the show he mouths dad, dad, Mm. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, the waterworks were just oh. pouring oh. in that bus scene. Fuck. I started. Mm. Well, we don't. Mm. I could I could give a, a laundry list of the amount of times I cried in this movie, but we'll talk about the movie. Ben, yes. do you want to say something? I'm trying to talk less on the program. You can't just ask me to talk, though. Talk. <laughs> Bark like a dog. <laughs> Dance monkey. <laughs> All right, so did I? Are we good on the synopsis we've talked about? Not really. <laughs> it's about a family of choplifters. 
It's about a family of choplifters, and they are making ends meet, and they're not quite poverty-stricken. They're living with their grandmother, whose pension they're primarily living off. There's mommy and daddy. There's grandma, whose house they're in. There's the son, Shota. There's the daughter, Aki, who um, is sort of financially independent. And then there's little, little Lynn, the the girl they choplift. Ah. And it's sort of, it's about makeshift family and it's about creating this sense of happiness that can't last. And let's, let's, uh, they don't, in, they don't kidnap the girl. So No, they're not asking for a ransom. They're not yeah. holding their against her I mean, they do kidnap accord. her, but they think they're doing it for her own Well, they good. choplift her, yeah. They choplift sure. her because they try to bring her home and they hear a f- marital or, I don't know if they're married, a I think domestic mom fight. and dad anyway. Yeah. Yes. And they don't want to leave her in that. And then grandma finds all these cuts all over her body. Oh. And there's that amazing scene, bath, I mean, Corietta talking about the bathtub scene. Mm. And I, what I love about the bathtub scene in Choplifters is that it's a mother daughter. Mm. And so often he's focusing on the father son, which is mm-hmm. of course also there in Choplifters. And we get it in the world's biggest bathtub, the Pacific ocean. Oh. But the scene in the bathtub where, um, where Sakura Ando is, she like has her arm outside of the tub and little Lynn shows her this burn mark that she has mm-hmm. on her arm. Mm-hmm. And Sakura Ando is like, I have one too. And then there's that beautiful overhead shot of their two arms together with the two burn marks. Yeah. I mean, that's the relationship that fucks me up the most yeah. is the, is the mother daughter relationship in this movie. Yeah. And it's probably because Are you gay? perhaps <laughs> I've heard rumors. <laughs> I've heard rumors from all the men I've slept with mm. that I might be gay. Wow. I think that she <laughs> might be gay. I, I think she's so good in this movie. Sakura Ando. Yeah. Yes. Can we talk? Let's, like, talk, let's talk about like, that. Yeah. She's let's like my her. best actress of the year. Like that's the, how I feel watching the, it a second. The, time. the close so up, good. the scene of her crying, of her crying, the close up. I mean, and then when she says bye, Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, but you can't beat it. But she will that because that is her best scene in the movie and maybe the scene of the movie for me. But I also love in the dressing room when Lynn is trying on bathing suits and she doesn't want a certain item of clothing. Mm-hmm. And she's like, are you going to hit me? Yeah. And she's like, I'm not going to hit you. And then in the next scene when they're burning her clothes in the trash can mm-hmm. and she just has, it's this amazing. And I love how much she uses the close up, and, and cause he's also very great at, at, at uh, working with the depth of his frame yeah. with a wide shot. I love his establishing shots. Family shots. Yeah. But his close ups are really affecting, I think. Mm-hmm. And I love how he's able to construct a scene at times, predominantly with close-up, even yep. though he he's also using a lot of other kinds of shots. Okay, mm-hmm. put that dumb thing I just said to the side. But when she's, like, hugging Lynn, mm-hmm. and she's, like, basically, she's basically saying, like, you don't hit somebody that you love. And just, like, her arms are taking up most of the frame, and, like, mm-hmm. little Lynn's face is, like, in the center, and she's it's got like, the glow Mer. of the fire. She's like, merm! That's what Lynn is saying. Merm! Anyway. And when she's at the end... Are we going to spoil this movie? Okay, please don't listen to... How many times do I have to implore our sweet listeners? We have to spoil it. Don't listen to our program if you haven't seen the movie. Based on what I talk to... But then no one's going to listen because it's not wide release. When I talk to people, I'm pretty sure no one listens to the movies they haven't seen yet. So so I'm just going to say... I think fellow film fag Aaron Appleby told me that he listens. Even if he hasn't? I think he told me that. Anyway, yes, I'm gonna I'm gonna spoil it. (laughs) Never. Oh, she. What is it? She's starting. When? Yeah, she's starting. She's starting. When (laughs) one mommy is in prison and they go talk to her, 
Um, and she says, I had a great time. She's not, she's fine. She's like, five years? That's nothing. Yeah, I had a five years time. is nothing. She literally says, I had a great time the ride of my with life. my daughter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do we think that they'll ever be reunited? Do you think that the last shot of the movie means someone came to get her? No. I don't. It's a very specific like perk up. Well, it's also it's the last shot is the last shot is Lynn. Oh, interesting. I didn't notice that. She perks up at the final moment. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't I just interpreted that as her looking for somebody. I mean, yeah. Yeah. But I and the second time I saw it, I was just like it's a very specific like excited, I think. Well, I hope that's right. I, I love the or final. Because otherwise, it's definitely hopeful. Without that, because I read the ending as, as like full of despair. Yeah. Because without that glimmer or, or, of, I hope there's that hopeful moment where someone did come. Yeah. Well, dis- despair, but also just like how impermanent our happiness is in life. And mm-hmm. that this family manages to build a trust and a warmth and a sense of belonging. Yeah. And it, and it all last. comes, it all comes crashing down. Yeah. And it can't last. So for me, like it just seems like a coda to that idea, and yeah. also the fact that the final shot is where she's choplifted in the first place, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. how I read her looking over the edge. It's like last time she was out here by herself, Interesting. someone came and that's, rescued her. That's totally fair. I hope you're right. I mean, that would be I, nice because no. I want. It's just so sad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's yeah. just so sad that the yeah. way that her terrible absent mother treats her in the end. She doesn't even know that her favorite food is gluten cake. Mm-hmm. She says, I made her her favorite food, rice and whatever. Rice and salmon or something. Yeah. yeah. And like, bitch, Glu- she wants the gluten cake. She'd <laughs> give it to <laughs> her, bitch. Lynn, Lynn would not do well in Los Angeles. It just has What's to her be name? Said. Judy? Judy? Judy. Oh, Judy. Yes. Because they think it's Yuri. Yeah. But oh, right. Well, they the, say they say with, Yuri, but, and but then it turns out it's Judy. Yeah. Right. But I say Lynn, because... That should have been That's her That's the life. name given to her by, by her. her. Correct. Other yeah. her, but still her. I love the scene. Well, other her brings it up, but then there's that amazing shot in the mirror of Aki and little still Yuri at the time mm-hmm. in the mirror, and she's looking at oh, her yeah. haircut, and Aki's just like, it's so cute. You've got natural, blonde, or natural brown hair, and then she like flips her black hair on top of it, and it's this mm-hmm. lovely moment of sisterhood. And then Yuri is like, I like Lynn. And then that's how she that's... chooses her name. Given to her by she her. She chooses to be part of the family. Yes. And as grandma and mommy, what are their character names? Uh, mommy, mm-hmm. daddy, grandma. <laughs> as grandma, Granny. grandma and mommy are, they discuss maybe I know the bond is Nobuyo stronger. is Sakura uh, is uh, Ando. That uh, maybe the bond is stronger when you choose your own family. Yes. And and then there's the great moment where Kieran Kiki is like, I chose you too. Mm-hmm. That's a that's something I love about the script in this movie is the way that it doles out these suspicions that you might have in the audience that these people are not actually right. a family. Like you pick up pretty quickly that Shota, the son, was adopted, but the first time uh, that someone else enters the into, enters the house and is like, oh, I didn't, I thought you lived alone. I didn't know that you were married or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Kieran Kiki, the grandmother, is like. They're sisters, but from different mothers. Yeah. And then that makes you think like, oh, so maybe Sakura Ando is Kieran Kiki's daughter. Right. And then they just happen to live with the other girl because mm. they're like throwing her a bone. And then you find out like, no, none of them are related. Yeah. Like Kieran Kiki and Aki are related and that she was married to her grandfather. Right. And then, but, but she is related to the grandfather's second wife. Right. God, it's so cruel the way that the police are just lying to them at the end. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she only, like, 
basically this nonsense about how the grandmother didn't actually want to live with her, but was essentially like holding her hostage. So that she could get this money. That she could continue to get the money, yeah. which, which isn't is necess- not true. Not necessarily true. I mean, this movie is built on like multiple things being true at the same time yeah. in terms of these dynamics, which is something I love. It's, it reminds me of the Florida Project. It reminds me of Leave No Trace, just in terms of is love enough mm-hmm. when it comes to parenting oh, or... It's like, the, it's like the favorite. What does she say? Love is never. There is no limit. I believe the line is. No limit. Love has its limits. I believe it's. It should not. It should not. Love is a wild life. Oh. If, if love is a wild life, isn't it, son? It's like Jake Gyllenhaal. And he like throws <laughs> his arm out. Listens to Casey Musgraves once. <laughs> Speaking of Casey Musgraves, did we all clock and nobody knows flowers in the concrete? No. <laughs> Great. In the Good. park. I love the flowers yeah. and the concrete. We'll get uh, around to that later. I still want to talk about Sakura Ando a little bit. Yeah. Mm. Um, what I love about, one thing I love about the performance is that it starts out just like being really crunchy and almost mm-hmm. like Catherine Hahn esque. <gasps> mm. And then as it goes on and she, she sort of goes on this journey of learning to trust and learning to invest in the family rather than viewing this as just sort of the system she's operating in mm-hmm. like she doesn't really get a good scene with um with shota until the end when they're like walking around with their with their sodas with the marbles in them yeah like she she seems to fall in love and the reason why she says she has a great time is because throughout the that's her arc in the movie right. is learning to invest in this family mm-hmm. but she's so heartbreaking at the end that you forget she's just sort of like sarcastic and again that very crunchy scene when she's in the other room she's eating. not eating with them oh yeah she's just like doing her own thing and mm-hmm. she, yeah she seems very over it at the beginning and she yeah. also she doesn't want up. she doesn't want lynn to live there no in the beginning. she doesn't want to have to have to shoplift for one more person no we can't feed another mouth oh let's talk about the very opening oh i love it the choplifting isn't there like mischievous yeah music it's like playing? it's so fun it's like a reefy Oh yeah, the, the 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 tracking shot yeah. down through the pro and like on their there. feet, and they've got this. He has the hand. He's twirling. He's twiddling his thumbs. Mm-hmm. Oh, that move! And then yeah. he taps mm-hmm. his little forehead, and then he drops a bag into his. I thing. love that. It's thrilling. It is, and there's so much tension. They there's like a moment where the like they step in unison. It's just like that's that's hot. Well, and it also that's it is hot. it is and very reefy. Yeah, it also establishes the rules. Yeah. About how they block one another, and then they like give them a little tap when it's time to move on, or it's time to lift your chop. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I love that. That comes before the title, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, and then the, it says choplifters. The title that says oh, yeah. choplifters is on the empty aisle, and it, and yeah. it's and it's where the daddy has has his basket full of groceries mm-hmm. that he's just been that he abandons. That he abandons. Yeah. Isn't it um, that little move he does? The one chop notices yeah the one shop says don't make your sister do it and then yeah. the dad's like it's okay if we chop lift as long as we don't put him out of business and then you find out he went out of business uh-huh. well that's a, that's such a great sad. that's such a great stretch because it goes from the daddy trying to break into cars and then shota being like i'm not into this yeah and then oh, walks away yeah. and then he steals was- the steals the chanel purse and they run away and he feels conflicted and then the mm-hmm. next scene is the business which is out of business yeah no more it's like it's such a sharp turn that shota asks nabuya what what is it uh nabuyo nabuyo that um didn't he say we can only steal from shops because it doesn't belong to anyone yet and then the very next scene is the carjacking Mm -hmm. basically oh and then go for it and 
What? Well, when he asks, because oh yeah, he Soto's asked, rescued from a car. Yes, he asks, "When you rescued me, were you just stealing something?" And he's like, "No, of course not. I was trying to save you, but that's probably not true." Stealing, so, yeah. He was probably stealing a purse or something. But he's rewritten the memory mm-hmm. because he loves his his adopted son. Yeah, dad, mouths, dad, dad, kill me. They just kidnapped that kid from the car. Took him. Well, and they were at a pachinko place. Mm-hmm. Like his parents were inside. Yeah, but he was probably. It's a wildlife. It's a wildlife, son. He was probably in as abject a state of destitution as yeah, I mean, as being Lynn. left in a car. Yeah, I mean, if the windows were up, maybe mm-hmm. he was hungry. Right. I mean, you should still should not leave a baby. In a, well, you also in a shouldn't. Car. You also shouldn't <laughs> choplift a child in the first place. Yeah. But that's what I enjoy about the. It, it, I guess technically it's a moral gray area, but just the the, the code of that, the, the ethics of this movie are fascinating to me. And that Lynn really is better off in this family, which is, I mean, they're struggling to make ends meet, but they always make it work. Yeah. Um, they, they provide. They provide. Loving parents. And they love. Multi-generation. They love. They go swimming. They go to the beach. Mm-hmm. They take a family outing. Yeah, they go to the it, beach. It really exp- And Karen Kiki. It's not gonna last. It it exposes the the system, the corrupt. <laughs> yeah, because it's like taking down the system. It's like it's fucked up. It's like the cops are like, well, this is what's right, and it's like, well, is it what's best? I, well, that's and they right. they they treat that's right. I, I think that's right. They <laughs> well, treat, I think that's brave. they treat mommy like such a monster that that mm-hmm. just smug police yeah. uh, person mm-hmm. who it must be hard for someone who can't have kids. Yeah. And, and and when mommy keeps saying Lynn, she's like, her name is Jory. Mm-hmm. Like treating her like a crazy person. Like yeah, you right. live in this deluded treating universe like criminal. where you're all made up names and you mm-hmm. live in a fantasy land, but you mm-hmm. have endangered the life of this girl. And you're a murderer. Like that's how they see her. Right. Well, because they think that they oh, killed right. the grandmother. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and she they had, did and, well, kill her No, but they, but they got off for that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm sure that that influences how absolutely. they treat her. No, absolutely. Yep. And as you, yeah, like you said, that it's it's a movie where multiple things are true at once. It's like, that's just how it is when you are living under the thumb of capitalism. Yeah. I mean, just living just... no matter the thumb of whatever. But yeah. certainly in this case, I mean, you, yeah, you can either starve mm-hmm. or you can choplift. Yeah. When you choose to live a life with someone, even, any, even just rich people upstanding citizens that don't shoplift it's as much a financial bargain as it is a love decision well and and that the system values those who can provide Mm -hmm. problematically over those who can provide illegally right and of course you know and again the ethics in this movie are fascinating because even that has various ways to it i've told you to marry for money and you won't do it (laughs) why won't you do it you can't put this in the podcast. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say any specifics. <laughs> I'd rather be living with a woman who's not my grandmother <laughs> in a in a tiny house that's wedged between apartment buildings, okay. because the light is nice mm. in the rain. Mm-hmm. How great right. is the boning in this movie? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, they're boning in the rain. I gotta baby. say something about Daddy. Like when he after in the post coital sesh when he cl- when ass. he's got a great ass <laughs> when he's. All hunched on top of her. Mm. He's kind of got a great ass. <laughs> Imagine if it was Hiroshi Abe, though. Oh, you mean Beto O'Rourke? Uh, that'd be hot. Isn't that crazy that Hiroshi, the Hiroshi Abe, same the same bone shape, structure, like, just the same yeah. face, period, as Beto O'Rourke? Almond-shaped face. <laughs> almond eyes, yeah. almond face, almond mm. nose, almond mouth. 
The hair is the same. It's just yeah. sort of, it's put together, but it, it seems like they woke up like this. They just swept it over to the side to look presentable. It's just a different color. Yeah. Black versus brown hair. No Beto just, or... just like Aki and Lynn. True. Mm. I'm surprised there's no Beto O'Rourke in Choplifters. I guess there just wasn't a role for him. Yeah. Well, I like the, I just like how, this is rude. I just like how weaselly the dad yeah. Looks. Yeah. Yeah. For no, sure. it f- it's fitting. I think the cost. I, I guess I'll use this as a segue. I really love the costuming in these films. Um, like, and nobody knows, and I like nobody knows in a separate way. And that obviously, nobody you, knows. Nobody. Nobody <laughs> knows. <laughs> period. <laughs> Thank you. All right. What um, you their tummies <laughs> have been big and small, and big and small. Mm. But that's what, like, obviously, Coriata, even though he has such a knack for working with children, he certainly doesn't have permission to starve these children in order f- to preserve the verisimilitude of his film as they run out of money and they're running out of food. Instead, the clothes themselves are more loose-fitting, they're a little rattier, right. and it gives the impression, like, when, when Yuki dies and nobody knows, you totally buy it, and it's partly... I can't speak to the makeup. I don't remember, but it's partly just because the way that the clothes are fitting them as it goes on is a really clever way of, of making them look on their way to emaciation. Uh-huh. And then in this film, I just love how like Shota has at the end of the film, he's wearing this jacket after he's been put into like a foster home. He's wearing the Brooklyn jacket with the hat. He's he got a really crisp blue sweatshirt. On yeah. Him. Yes. Um, and obviously, that's partly because now his financial status is more secure. He's back under the protective thumb of capitalism. But then also the Brooklyn jacket, there's something Western about it. But then Daddy is wearing like two rain, two rumpled rain jackets on top of each other. And the contrast is just really nice. And the rumpled clothes are amazing and after the storm for Hiroshi Abe. Mm-hmm. And this is not a costume moment, but just a moment that I love and still walking when Kieran Kiki offers Hiroshi Abe's new wife a... Uh, a kimono, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and it's this really lovely, tender moment of like extraordinary kindness, and yeah. then she just keeps saying really mean things to her about about her daughter, about her daughter, <laughs> and about children. Yeah, like I just, I just I, that, that again, that has nothing to do with costuming, apart from the fact that there's a kimono. It made me think of it, but I just, I love that scene because Kieran Kiki is just doing the sweetest thing. And Kieran Kiki doesn't even like that woman, really. So, no, no, I'm saying she's giving in, the kimono, I know, but and then it's really funny spitting poison at her. That. Mm-hmm. She's like just talking shit to about her daughter to someone that she doesn't even like want to necessarily confide in. Yeah, well, she like it's think not she's a specific around. choice. Right. It's just I'm gonna talk shit about my daughter. I'm obsessed with Karen Kiki in these movies. Mm-hmm. I have to say, rest in peace, rest in power. This makes me want to check out the movie On the Sweet Bean that mm-hmm. came out three or four years ago. I remember I think it played in Uncertain Regard at Cannes. It's about a woman played by Karen Kiki who is like. Uh, elderly baker or like a woman who gets involved in baking and i heard mm-hmm. the movie is somewhat slight but her performance is really incredible and now after after the storm choplifters and still walking i just want to go on a kieran kiki yeah. binge i she's adore good. her she's good she and it's like quite obviously good, like there's that she? there's that element of just wanting to love the old ladies in sort yeah. of a june squib way all love and respect to june squib but kieran kiki never goes as broad as that and it's it's a slightly disrespectful of me to even link the two just because they're older women in these movies but i think that in a Western audience, anyway, we tend to we tend to go for the car. We we tend to prefer the cartoonish 
when it comes to uh, grandmother characters, mm-hmm. like older women, how fun it is to see them like say bad words or whatever. Yeah. Whereas in this, like, yes, you get you do get the satisfaction of watching Karen Kiki like in choplifters scam these yeah. people and like yeah. and then Flip count them and she's like, money. ah, only thirty thousand yen. And the again. way she eats that little tangerine, I'll, oh, got a little chuckle oh, both yeah. times. The, the way that she eats her rice cake. Is amazing Wait, with this. Aki when yeah. they're talking about side boob. Like, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Like, Kieran, Kieran Kiki says side boob, and that's funny. But her performances and all of them, but especially Choplifters, do have this sense of loss and of just existing on a different plane yeah. because she's been there, she's done that, she's seen it all, and she's the one who knows that the family is never going to last. Yeah, and then she dies. And she dies. Uh. And then she gets buried under the house, and that's an important moment. In that, forget ethics. Let's talk about hygiene. Yeah. Like that, that's, and, and, and ethics as well, because they're going to be taking money from a dead woman. Mm-hmm. That, that for me is a moment where one, I'm thinking, yes, they, this is where I think about leave no trace and about the Florida project. It's like, yes, you love your kids, mm-hmm. but you are going to be having them sleep, you know, not six feet, like probably yeah. three feet from a rotting corpse mm-hmm. because this way you can keep the roof over your head. Mm-hmm. But also it, it is a moment where you're reminded that at some point this rope has got to end and that that's been true the entire time. Like this has not been a sustainable model the entire time. Right. And that it's, it is, it is working off a pension that eventually is going to go away when she Mm -hmm. dies. And then when she does, it sort of exposes how, well, what's the plan with Lynn? Yeah. (laughs) Like someone is bound to recognize her eventually. Mm -hmm. They don't send the kids to school similar to nobody knows. Mm -hmm. Like it's all of these decisions are going to catch up to them. And then they do in really devastating fashion. Yeah. What I think is interesting about Nobody Knows is the way I really believe that the mother loves her kids, but she doesn't know how she doesn't know what she doesn't know how to be a mom. And I think it's very clear in the scenes that she's there. She wants she she doesn't send them to school, but she is like making sure they're reading these books or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she is like everyone does their chores and she's doing these things and she did put a roof over their heads by lying that she only had one kid, and but then she leaves. And comes back, uh-huh. and then leaves. And then leaves. Permanently, I think we're meant to think, by the mm-hmm. end of the film. And I think that like worldview aligns with shoplifters in that like love and taking care of a family are different things, but and like it doesn't really take a stance on what is better. I mean, I guess it does like shoplifter says love is more important. Nobody knows says being able to take care of your kids. Being is able more to important. eat. Yeah. Because otherwise Yuki's going to fall over and die. Yeah. So it's, I think it's just a really, I think it's interesting. I think it's interesting too. I think it's, it's layered. I think it's vivid. I think it's, I think it's an idea. I think it's compelling. That uh, really is explored. It's, no, Ben, it's, it's, Ben, I think you, you set know, up a dichotomy and you set it up well. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. You're welcome very much. <laughs> And that doesn't, that's not really in After the Storm or Still Walking. There's no fear that these kids have bad parents. No, no I think Still Walking and After the Storm are much more about what we inherit from our parents, mm-hmm. how we stay connected to our parents, and also how, I mean, and after I wrote this down, I mean, it's very on the nose, Zero, but... Uh, did you get a new notebook I to, did take, get, to take notes for the movie? I did get a new notebook. Is that a mead notebook? It is a mead notebook. Instead. Or is, Instead. It, or is it pronounced med? Is it actually pronounced med? <laughs> That's good. Mary Elizabeth Winmead. <laughs> okay. Is it Mad? I, I, no, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I think it's Mead. 
I think, I I think like the like the honey liquor. I'm very self conscious of my pronunciation skills. I think it's adorable, Brandon. I think it's I think it's a boon. I think it's a plus. Narai Elizabeth. When I don't really Weinstein. have the pronunciation problem. You sound like you're in the Red Lodge or the <laughs> the, the Red uh, Room in the Black Lodge. <laughs> in the Black Lodge. Get to the Black Lodge. <laughs> I was just going to say in, in solidarity that I there are some words that I will never be able to spell properly on the first try. So I feel you. Thank you. My struggle. I'm illiterate. I'm gay. I I perseverance. S- I will never get it right the first time. I, I do perseverance. perseverance. I will never know. Perseverance. Persepolis. I, oh, here's one. I've been saying ad infinitum my entire life. It's mm. ad infinitum. Hmm. Well, oh yeah. I would. I, I've always said ad, ad infinitum. I have too, and then I heard ad infinitum, and I was like, "Oh, that rolls off the tongue." Wait, the the syllables are which a little one's punchier. the right way? Ad infinitum. ad infinitum, I think. Oh yeah, I've been saying ad infinitum. Mother Suspiriora, Mother ad infinitum. Mm-hmm. I wrote down a couple lines yeah, from after the great. storm. <laughs> Sorry, I don't. Number one, <laughs> we're just like staring in my, into the middle. Of this and, and my note under this <laughs> that one that really broke me. I was like ad infinitum. My it's note under this <laughs> quote is disappointment with a smiley face oh, that I drew. It's true. Why did my life turn out like this? <laughs> which is the central question of oh. after the storm. And then this one, which is and, even better. And walking. And wait, all of these still movies. Walking. Th- this is the one that I think is after the, this is from After the Storm. I think it's After the Storm and still walking in terms of the central dilemma of Hiroshi Abe, but then also all the secondary characters in their own way. Mm-hmm. It's not that easy growing up into the man you want to be. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh, that stings. Oh. <laughs> oh, my dicks are gone. Because <laughs> still walking is, has the line, your kids aren't going to grow up to be who you want them to be or something like something that. Something like that. I mean that 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 grandpapa and still walking is just just a walking ball of disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> just fucking grandpapa, just a resent a full like a flaming resentment. Still resent, still Excuse walking, me. still resenting. <laughs> Get over it, Dad. <laughs> grandpapa, Get can we see choplifters? <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> There's something about Grandpapa and Still Walking that He's is echoed angry. in After the Storm, and I, and also in the other films, but strong, most strongly in After the Storm and Still Walking, and it's something in Coriata's direction that I find very true to life from the way that we try and present ourselves as better than we are, or yeah. try to present ourselves in a way to not 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 uh, meanly, but manipulatively around people in order to get them to treat us how we want them to treat us. There's this repeated refrain where he's with characters in rooms by themselves and then someone else is approaching into the room or knocking on the door and then they change completely what they're doing. So like in still walking, Mm -hmm. the dad is just like doing fuck all just like seething with bitter resentment, like speaking to himself probably about how great he is. Florence Foster. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) No, I liked when you reverse it. Florence Foster. Fuck. Yeah. Well, that's the what... HFPA nominating Florence yeah. Foster Jenkins. Florence Foster, fuck, fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then he pretends to be like doing his books when yeah, his daughter, right. who is also the mom and nobody knows, mm-hmm. you, I think is how you, is the actress's name. Mm-hmm. And then in After the Storm, he's like, uh, Hiroshi Abe is like rifling through his mom's stuff. And then she's like, is that you? And then he like, I don't remember what he does, but then he pretends to be doing something else. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think it speaks to how keenly perceptive Hirokazu Koreeda is about the way that we behave in regards to 
our moments like our moments alone and then how we want to be perceived in an audience of another person yeah mm-hmm. I, I just think about this is I'm going off I'm going I'm about she's, to she's Florence starting. Foster fucking go there uh, <laughs> I'm about to pop off no cause it's not a it's not a drag it's just is it you you said her name is that actress why are you in uh um, 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 um uh, insta walking she loves her parents, mm-hmm. but she also wants their financial stability. Like literally, she wants to live with them. Yeah, she, and and she well, wants to put them in in a back house. And or she wants and she wants to knock down the wall that goes to their dead son's bedroom, which mm-hmm. has remain, remained unchanged mm-hmm. since his death. What twenty five years ago yeah. or something, or maybe not that long, but twenty years or mm-hmm. a while ago. Um, and like then they can have like a separate little apartment for yeah. the parents. Yeah, and then she can have the money. She, the and she can have friends over. And she can live in the house. That that mentioning the the past son mm. um, reminds me of uh, the grandma when she invites you. You slowly find out why the family and still She's walking all is together that day. Together. Yeah. It's and like it's, in Choplifters. Yeah, yeah. Slowly revealing uh, why the is details. she making this huge dinner. You mm-hmm. think it's just families getting together. And then the and then sushi he, gets delivered, and he's like, oh, by the way, here's 20,000 yen. It's all we have. Sorry, but this is a memorial offering. And you're like, did someone, they're like, at this point, you can kind of piece together, like, there's another brother who's not there, and uh-huh. he's dead. Uh-huh. And you're like, why are they so happy if this yeah. is a funeral? Yeah. And then you find out, not only does she invite Yoshio, who d- couldn't save the son. The son, then, the son saved his life, saved right, him from drowning, and, yeah, and then he, and he drowned. drowned. And then, Got it right, and then we then we discover he's like, "Why do you invite this poor sad sack?" And she's like, "I want him to suffer." She's like, <laughs> "I have hate in my heart." <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. That that oh, is that, that is one of that's one of the day. scenes of the movie for me in Still Walking. It has such transcendent moments of visual poetry and just relation poetry of relationships in mm-hmm. the film. Like, what makes me cry hardest in Still Walking is when. Uh, stepson Hiroshi Abe and grandpapa are walking down the steps at the end. Mm -hmm. They're just walking down the steps Mm -hmm. and I'm just sobbing my fucking eyes out thinking about the transference between generation. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and then of course the butterflies, which represent the deceased makes me sob. But, um, Oh yeah. They're like repeating phrases that they heard and they can't remember who they heard it from, but because we are watching the movie, we're like, it's the grandma, obviously. (laughs) Which is also an after the storm. And it's something that after the storm touches on, there's a scene during the storm. Oh, when, and still walking, sorry, when she, he pours to cool off the tombstone. Mm. Well, that makes me sob as well. Ladling my tears all over the headstone. What I find so moving about that is it's this idea that we make these promises to our parents that we're going to do certain things. I'm going to go catch a, so- a baseball game with my dad. I'm going to drive my mom around in my car, which I don't have, but she's always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. We find out three years pass. They, grandpapa and grandmama both pass. Never went to the baseball game. Never drove grandmama around in the car. But then we see him ladling the water onto the headstone, which is exactly how grandmama did it. And mm-hmm. it's sort of about how we may not we may not do the things that our parents or past relationships friendships whatever we may never we may never do that thing that we think is going to cement the the special quality like the the, 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 right. the you know what i mean but we yeah. do pick up the behavior Learned and the traditions yeah. and that matters so much more than going to the baseball game mm-hmm. yeah beautiful stuff it really is i'm just thinking about it staring into the middle distance <laughs> just like <laughs> isabelle Lupere. <laughs> 
I mean, the Coriated episode of this show oh. could have just been silent. Into the middle of us just all staring into the middle of the distance. Yeah. I, t- I, I smile and I laugh and I hurt and I cry. It's fucking yeah. me up. Thinking about it's these. Because I walked into this podcast thing. I don't remember watching any of these movies. It was so long ago. And now it's all rushing back to me. Yeah, you and start I'm talking sad. about it. You're yeah. ratatouing. I'm ratatouing. <laughs> Nobody knows <laughs> fucked me up. Because my favorite moment in the movie is Yuki's birthday walk. So the thing that nobody knows is that, like Ben said, the, these four kids live in an apartment that has been rented out to a mother and one son. So they are nobody knows that there's a lot of fucking kids in this apartment. Ah, uh, love a literal and, title. And in order to keep the roof over there, and which is something that comes up a lot in these creative, a couple of the creative films we watched anyway, including After the Storm, is like, how are you going to keep the roof over your head? Mm-hmm. Every, like a lot of these characters forget still walking, even though. Hiroshi Abe is having financial strain and that like ha, ha, doesn't have he's unmoored from a like a concrete position in life as a as a painting restorer um anyway I, I don't need to go off on a side tangent basically what I love and nobody knows is that on Yuki's birthday which is the, the little girl um Akira takes her out on a walk about the town and she's wearing these little shoes that squeak with every step mm-hmm. and they have little bears on them. And when they go, and, and keep in mind, this is a girl who has not been outside in a year yeah. apart from sneaking onto the veranda, which is technically not allowed. Mm-hmm. And when they go through the, through the market, she's like carrot, daikon, broccoli, just like calling out all the produce. And then she ends up in a suitcase which is the same way she came in. To this. Yeah. She she entered the world in a suitcase. Oh, she went out of the world in a suitcase. Yeah, I that forgot was about that. And brutal. Like, and they're like, oh, she must have. She must be bigger now. Yeah. When they try to put her back in the suitcase. And Jesus also the, the 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 cutting when she falls, we're cutting between Akira, who 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 by the way I believe won Best Actor at Cannes. Oh really? I will double check on that when someone else is talking. But he he you know he has been he's having to shoulder the burden of raising all these kids because yeah. his siblings because his mom has exited the picture mm-hmm. and yet he still is a little boy you know he falls into a crowd of bad boys who mm-hmm. then later make fun of his stinky house yeah. but and and are rude to his younger brother and that mm-hmm. shot is so brutal like that that feeling of being like left out by someone that you thought was on your side like the little brother not being invited to play video games what i'm getting at is that we cut between him he being invited. Win. He won Best Actor at Cannes. Oh, he won for... Was it for multiple movies? Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. It was just the... the, 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 the yeah, it was that. Yeah. So he he's just hanging out outside of a school. He, like the kids in Choplifters, he, mm-hmm. his mom won't let him go to school. And they're down one for baseball. So then the coach just, he's like, you're, you're in the sixth grade, right? And pulls him in. And he hits the ball and he's running the bases and we cut between that and Yuki dying. Yeah. And it's, and it's kind of gets at what Koryeda is so good at. I mean, I'm, I was crying because Akira had finally found this, both, both this place and security, but also just an opportunity to be a kid yeah. mm-hmm. while his younger sister dies. Yeah. Like I'm crying before she dies. And it, and it really gets at the balance that, is in all the Koreata films that we've watched. And, and it's a wild life. It's a wild life. Ah, it's a wild life, It runs life, hot son. and it runs cold. Mm-hmm. It's something I don't remember that line in wild life. You should I, rewatch it. Well, I don't want to now. <laughs> well, maybe you should. Maybe I won't. 
It's a wild life, isn't it's it, when, son? It's, it's a wild life, isn't it, son? Arm out. Yeah. Wildly gesticulating. It's, it's when he finds out that she, uh, Carrie Mulligan's sleeping with the sleeping one man. Ah, it's a wild life. with the one man. Uh, oh, Bill Camp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's I name. do love in wildlife the, um, <laughs> the wild life of the fire. <laughs> and oh, the wild fire. And how he uses the, wild, the literal wildlife, wildlife as a thematic... Time with wild the wild life. But it's a stunning shot. It is. No, 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 no. I, this is actually me being, I actually do like that. It's I, well photographed. I thought it's that's why the movie. I thought yeah. that's why the movie was called Wildlife. Until I did too. He literally said the word, which again I don't think is a wildlife. I think everyone is in on a joke that I haven't been invited into. No, I think um, no, I do think it's a good first feature from Paul Dano. I, do. I just I love it. Excites me. I, I love that that the and metaphor is burning on their televisions the entire time. That yeah. the forest is burning down yep. while like the it. marriage is falling apart. Yeah, it reminded me of like early aughts. Um, Cassavetes, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Just kidding. Just uh, kidding. I don't think that it reminded me of early aughts until he said it's a wildlife son. And you're like, this is like, <laughs> I don't know what year. What year was everyone very literal? What year did the Bible come it's out? <laughs> a wild life is son. Son, uh, I can't get over it, and I will I never think, get over it. See, this it. is why I, I really bristled Ben when you tweeted Zoe Kazan asking for a link. I was like, "You're not gonna like this movie. <laughs> it's really not fair." Did you tweet Zoe Kazan, yeah. Wow, this is thirty indeed. You're just atting people. <laughs> I don't give a fuck ben is, thir- fuck ben is thirty. He is tweeting complaints Zoe to Kazan, Uniqlo. Give me a screener. I thought there were screenings of it in LA. So not send me a screen. Hey Zoe. No, no, you were like, I missed it. You're like, I was bad and I missed it while I was in LA. I'm like, Zoe, uh, thank your wild fucking stars that Ben didn't catch this movie in theater. Wild life. Be thankful for that wild life, sweetie. <laughs> but sorry, I just saw the five reasons Kurt Russell rules in Christmas Chronicles headline again. Mm. I'm pretty sure I wrote this. <laughs> I was gonna say something else about our actual topic and I don't remember. Wildlife? Choplifters? Choplifters. I don't know. Creator? There's plenty to talk about in Choplifters. That's oh, true. <laughs> okay. That's <laughs> true. I, I'll, talk, I'll talk about still walking a little bit. Okay, great. Oh, I, that, I know what oh I was going to say. Oh, my God. Great. You know what I want to double feature it with? Tokyo Story. No. Summer Hours. Yes. That's Ooh, my double feature. Yeah. Summer Hours. I wrote down triple feature. Mm. Summer Hours, Tokyo Story, yeah, still walking. No, I agree. Feature. I mean, still walking... Which has a very similar, um, the, the the character dynamics are very similar to Tokyo Story. Mm-hmm. It makes Tokyo Story look cynical. Do you think so? Yes. Which one? Still walking? Well, because in Tokyo Story, because it's a lot crunchier. It's a lot crueler. Yeah. To to the parent to to the grandparents. Oh, yeah. crueler. Crueler. Yeah. Like a donut. It's in 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 still walking. There's this idea that that even even if we are absent in each other's lives, there is still this yearning to know each other better whereas in tokyo story the grandparents are just pretty much shrugged off yeah 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 i think that's fair yeah i mean tokyo story is the better film but i think i agree more with the worldview of still walking i, yeah, love I really story, loved still walking tokyo i love story a more brutal, brutal movie brutal. but still walking is still pretty cutting yeah it is. yeah but it's not as brutal as um here i mean here's the thing like i think that wildlife for instance wildlife. goes for a little bit more sharp <laughs> I think this has become the shoplifters wildlife episode. <laughs> well, it's like, again, Slash. I, I like the dynamic in wildlife that it's all these people trying to behave as if they're in the drama that they think that they're in. 
And there's something so refreshing about still walking, which is like, no, we don't live in dramas. Like, well, like we do live in dramas. Life is a drama, but it it unfolds in silence. It unfolds in who's in which room. And it, it, it unfolds in gesture. It unfolds. Everyone's in, still always polite. Yes. And people are still making jokes. And yeah. Trying to make each other laugh. Even though I like when I like when when Hiroshi Abe is explaining to Grandpapa how work is going, and then Grandpapa just stands up because the little cousins in the backyard are like hanging off his tree. He's like, "That's a very expensive tree. Yeah. <laughs> Get off that tree." It's like that. The the this is very straight of me, but Will Ferrell's SNL audition. Tape where he plays a he plays he plays a dad who's like grilling and he's talking to the to his like fellow dads about grilling and then they'd be like hey guys hey kids if you could just get off the shed that'd be great thanks and he's like anyway yeah so these burgers yes yeah, so, could you please get off the shed and then by the end he's like get off the shed and that's like what Grandpapa is doing and still walking he's yelling Papa. to get off the but shed he's actually Papa. Will Ferrell in yes. in the costume correct wow amazing bitter Will Ferrell bitter Will. Well, what? what is next? <laughs> <laughs> Going home. Well, <laughs> I'm just getting started. I want to talk more about Sakura Ando. Uh, number one. Seriously, she's my number one this year. Yeah. I think she's mine too. That was the first thing I said when I got out of Choplifters the first time. She and really then that was a month ago. Me. And I was trying to make room for Ben's favorite, Juliette Binoche, in my Best Actress lineup. And then I saw it again. I'm like, eh, sorry. She's not my favorite anymore. Is... Olivia? Yeah. So my ballad... I would actually put Glenn above Juliet, too. My ballad is Sakura Ando, Olivia Coleman, Viola Davis, Regina Hall, Catherine Hahn. Nice. That's my five. Nice. Olivia, you had Olivia Coleman? Oh, yeah. I mean, Olivia... I've talked about this before, but Olivia Coleman... Ah. Olivia Coleman's so good in the favorite that you assume that that performance has existed for decades. Therefore you don't have to give it your award because well, it's already this, this performance has been heralded for since before I was born, since I'm 17 years old. That's, but no, we have to, we have to do right by Olivia. Well, no, I've talked, I will herald it. You're missing my point. I'm saying like sometimes things are so good that they feel like they've always been around. For me, I'm not saying is for everybody. Is Glenn not in your five? Glenn is not in my five. Yeah, Glenn slipped off for me. Not too. because she's not brilliant. I mean, Glenn is Glenn is it's one of the best performances of the year. I will be pulling for um, Melissa McCarthy. No, I'll be pulling for Olivia Coleman. But I think that Glenn deserves it. Yeah, I think The Wife is an incredible performance. The, there are the readjustment that she's doing theoretically. In those three eventual Oscar nominees for Best Actress that I think all could and should win. Olivia, Melissa, and Glenn. Uh-huh. Who are the other two going to be at this point? Lady Gaga. La- Lady Jenna Gaga. People are saying that the fifth is going to go to... Um, Julia? Emily. It's Emily? not... No. Who's it's Emily? not going to be Mary Poppins. Oh, Emily Blunt. That's not happening. <laughs> so then who's the, the fifth, Viola? I don't. I think Widows is out. It's Yalitza Aparicio. Oh right. Period. Roma, Roma well, hasn't. Well, we've talked. We've talked about it on the pod before. Period. It's happening. We talked about it on the mic. I don't. She's the I don't, fifth. Yeah. 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 Here, yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah. how you watch Roma and you don't put her on her ballot. But also, I've seen Roma and she's not on my ballot. I think it's one of the best performances of the year. I think that here. I mean, keep in mind, I am not saying that like what the three of us might think are the best actress nominees of the year versus what the Academy is superior. Everyone just has different tastes and that's great. It's their body. We're not Oscar voters. Mm-hmm. So I have no vote for what you want to vote for. It's, yeah. it's your award, but Catherine Hahn is not going to be in contention for them. No. Viola Davis will barely, will be on the margins. It seems like, um, they're certainly not going to nominate Juliette Binoche. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not going to nominate Sakura Ando. No. 
you take those people off and they're all going to love Roma. So Yelitsa Aparizio, I do think then. She's the fifth. Yeah. You're right. I do. Who's incredible in the film. Yeah. Can't wait to see She totally deserves it. She's probably my number six. She is my seven because Juliet is now my six. Bye. Bye. Lizzo. Bye, bitch. Bye. Bye, bitch. Doesn't she laugh too? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Uh, yeah, I really want to make room for Glenn, but no, sorry, Glenn. Bye. Uh, bye. Bye bye. Sorry, Glenn. Um, all right, well, <laughs> we're not done yet. <laughs> I'm just warming up. I love this part of the I, pod where me and Ben try to wrap it no, up. No, I, I, I have I have just put my oil on the stove. I'm making corn tempura. Fuck oh. off. You can sit on the tatami and wait. Wow, bitch. Mm. Can we talk about can we talk about the kid who plays Shota, which I think is one of the great child performances of the last few years, Mm -hmm. and how that dynamic we were discussing earlier that that turn in the narrative where he realizes that what he has been taught to do and what he is doing might have a dark side that he's never considered. Mm -hmm. This is all written on a child's face, and the the quote unquote rules that he thought were rules. It's probably just something Daddy said one day. Yeah, the rules don't apply. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, Warren, I love. Gotta him. steal that Chanel bag. Gotta get it. Gotta get it. He's like, Break I don't window. think so. And and Daddy's like, Oh, that's great, Shota. You'll just keep watch. And he's like, I'm leaving. I'm out. Yeah, I'm out, homo. I'm out. <laughs> I don't know why I said homo. I it just like, really came to me, and I went with it. He's got a great ass. He's got a great ass, Daddy. That is. Oh, yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah, let's be clear. <laughs> got a great ass. I love. I love love. I love oh, life. Me too. I love Let's living. talk about when uh, Shota decides he doesn't want to do this anymore. And he... Like you two at this point in the podcast? <laughs> oh, when uh, you're already talking about when he gives himself up, basically. Uh-huh. He knocks over some oranges or whatever. Incredible. No, stealing oranges. Well, he well, knocks he, over some cans. But, well, no, no, but hold on. He first knocks over the cans and steals the oranges so that Lynn won't get caught because she's doing a very sloppy job of sticking those. That, that plastic bag in her dress or whatever. Yeah. He does it to save her, but then as he's running... I do think he's doing it, though, well, because no, he, he knows he will get caught. No, he, and he, he admi- says, and, and that. He says yeah. that later, but it, I'm just saying, like, it's not like his first impulse is to do it so he'll get caught. Right. He's doing it first to divert attention away from Lynn so she doesn't get caught. Mm-hmm. And then somewhere along the way, yes, he he anticipates... No, I still think... I think it's It both. can be both. It can yeah, be both. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's it can both, be both. From yeah. the whole time. That there are... There are other ways he could have just done, made a diversion. I, I don't think that he went into that store thinking that's what he was going to do. No. I think that when he saw that Lynn was going to get caught, he realized that this is not going to work out in the long term. Mm-hmm. And then he made the decision to both save her and yeah. say bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Isn't it crazy that the the shop people ran so far yeah. and so long because he stole an orange. Well, bag of oranges. Just, wouldn't you just, wouldn't I was you just surprised. stop running at some point? No, no, they're still walking and they're still running. They're still resisting. That was the that was the one. I mean, I love this move to death, obviously, but like that was the one thing I was like, wouldn't you just give up and turn around? Maybe it's a not, kid. Maybe not. Anything. Well, he knocked up. Well, he was maybe acting like there, a yeah. brat. He knocked over all the yeah. cans too. They all. It's like that's a, true. It's like a nobody knows when nobody when knows. when Akira is falsely accused of stealing mm-hmm. of choplifting. Just like the the glee that the shop owner seems to take in punishing yeah. this 
this punk. Yeah. I think it's kind of like that. Yeah. How great is the shot? They need to be punished. When Shota jumps off and then the camera just tilts up and then we see the oranges. Yeah. We don't see Shota on the ground. Mm. We just see that the oranges have yeah. spilled all over. Because when he jumps, I was like, it's, oh my God, it's he's going to break his legs. Yeah, he's, he's going to die. He's going to smack I thought he was dead. He's going to smack his head. Dead. Dead. Scary. And then they abandon. They're well, going to abandon him. We were talking about how two things can be true at the same time in this movie and then mm-hmm. a lot of Corey, it is the work that we've talked about here anyway. When you think about the decision to leave Shota in the hospital mm-hmm. and run away, mm-hmm. the, the, this is the decision that the parents make. You hear the mother say, he's going to be fed, he's going to be taken care of, we will come back for him. Yeah. But did they abandon their son that night? Yeah. They tried to, yes. Mm-hmm. So when Shota is told later in the hospital bed, like, they were trying to leave you, that doesn't sound like family to me, does it? That's not a lie. Like, right. where's the lie? It's, there's no lie there. But... They're leaving him there because he's, and again, we're talking about wh- like where is where is a child going to be best taken care of? Mm-hmm. And in this case, it's in the hospital bed with the free food, and yeah. they intend to come and get him later. But it's mm-hmm. just like how a simple decision can mean many they different things. They have to things. make an act of self-preservation. Exactly. At that yeah. moment. The only yeah. way the family will stick together is to leave Shota for at a time. They have to make yeah. And we'll, ex- and we'll explain it to him when we come back. Yeah, exactly. It's like, what happens? No, I can't say that because you're going to watch The Americans, so I will not say what I was going to say. Oh, Florence Foster, fuck off. I, I mean, I can I can gather sort of the dynamic that you're talking about. No, you don't know. Is it I, Paige? No, you don't know what I'm going, what happened. Who? What is this program? Best TV show of the year, The Americans. What's my favorite TV show of the year? Well. The inside of your eyelids. The inside of my eyelids. <laughs> the sleep I get. I have been watching season two of Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm oh, having. Yeah, and like I see, I see people griping about it, and I'm just like. Brings me joy. Who's Clarence Foster? About it? Fuck off. I've seen a little griping. What's to gripe? That it's liberal MAGA. I and I huh? I hear that point, but I don't think in what way the movie is not rewriting or the show is not attempting to rewrite history. I don't think. I think it's trying to do what Inglorious Bastards did, mm-hmm. and while while also injecting like the like the social environment of the time. But it's it's the idea that like no, in our show we're going to have a comedian who is a woman. Rise to the top, and she's gonna she's gonna win the fight over sexism, and it's gonna be a more diverse society. Mm-hmm. I think that it's like when when Tarantino shoots Hitler in the head, everybody says, "Oh, the audacity! Right. Oh, this is brilliant! Like, oh my god, never been done before. Shit on it, eat on it." Mm-hmm. But, and then when when Amy Sherman Palladino does it, people say that it's liberal MAGA. I don't think that's accurate. I think that it's allowed to be somewhat wish fulfillment. I think it's allowed to be if things were just slightly different while also speaking to the culture of the time it's it's using this yeah, character that, as a lens to examine the time and also what it meant to be a woman exciting why would people be because people are stupid people like to hate on things yeah that too i love it i mean that seems very from what you're saying that seems very exciting to watch i mean i haven't watched season why would two you complain yet, about so i don't it. have an season the, in the first episode of season two there is a scene at a, at a drag bar there's um drag yeah. queens honestly a lot of scenes in 2018 the stars of 2018 drag queens in movies in films i was i was more dumpling i was more it. annoyed by it because i'm like oh i guess amy sherman balladino caught the last season of drag race like Most- most white people, straight people did. Yeah, exactly. So that's what I'm that, like. I, I'm more annoyed at that, but it's still like it. The I show like that Cradley Booper. The show ends up being in. more about solidarity than anything else. I mean, not not more than anything else, but in moments like that, it's like I just think it's moments of 
the girl in the unit next door has the most grating voice, and she does not have an inside voice. So she's talking about... So you her yapping. Oh, you mean here. I thought you meant at work. No. In my in my home. Well, someone was playing music. I was distracted. Was it Cradley? Oh, I can hear wailing it. Wailing on the old guitar. Oh, my God. When, when I heard Cradley wailing from uh, Grammy nominee Cradley Booper. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I can't believe... So Shallow got record of the year. The Black Panther soundtrack got album of the year, mm-hmm. which is crazy like has a movie soundtrack been nominated oh brother I'm sure it has. the bodyguard one yeah oh really and, and so no brother were art that one too yeah really no yeah. it happens wow it happens when a movie has i don't know about music grammy history I just, I, I just i'm an ignorant I just, I just know it from walking around the staples center where they have mm. the hollywood stars of fame outside the grammy museum which are just all of the years of the grammys where they have album of the year record of the year new artist and i don't know something else casey's gonna win Casey I will win. don't know if she's going to win. Who what? do you think will win, Janelle? No, I don't know who's going to win. But someone I, boring. I hope. Ca- boring I certainly one. hope Casey wins. But Casey's. I mean, Gra- Grammys have a bad track record. I mean, yeah, but of it's selecting always... the boring winners. Well, but then, yeah, but, but it's then... always the white girl. That's true too. She's not Taylor Swift though. No, I mean, they've had. Here's the thing, like, but it is but she's girl. Adele. No, she's absolutely not. In a in the like a quality way. Well, what? Who else is nominated? What? Would I don't win? know. I think Casey Musgraves. And you're right. I think, like in Coriata, two things can be true at once. I, I think it. Casey Musgraves winning is also like Arcade Fire winning for the suburbs in terms of just critical favorite and an artist who is doing something that nobody else is doing. This yeah. is why you're right, but I don't it, it, like comparing her to Adele and comparing her to Taylor Swift, which I think is implicit in what we're saying here, is accurate because it's how the Grammys, the Grammy voters might be looking at this, but yeah. I, I just get a little defensive and a little triggered because it's like, no, she's not doing anything no. that those people are doing. It's closer to the subversion and the reinvention of a genre mm-hmm. like Arcade Fire did with the suburbs. I mean, if she wins, she would deserve it. Of course. Mm-hmm. It's not saying like, I mean, when Arcade Fire won, I don't know who they were up against, but it seemed like, well, yeah, it was one of the most critically acclaimed albums It was of the a year. huge surprise. I mean, it, it sparked that whole meme of who the fuck is Arcade Fire, if we right. remember this. Anyway, so yeah, the Grammy nominations are out. I remember when the Beyonce stands were like, who the fuck is Beck? <laughs> oh, yeah. Beck that was, well, I mean, frankly, that who the a, fuck was Beck? That's a big yeah, night. That was, that was fucked. I yeah. like that album, and I like Beck, but that's truly fucked. It's really funny. Um, sorry, I'm trying to find what other albums. I can't find it. Who cares? Who cares? I hear there the girl are 40, next door. There are 40 albums nominated for that's album the thing. There's year. like eight. It's like, it's, what eight. The, it's like what the Golden or the, what the Emmys have become, yeah. like, which... I don't know if I'm against because six. They're, they're doing it's like eight. They're doing eight nominees. What in some of these categories? In but the big four the, categories. The, the, the you Emmys. Get out. I like it. I mean, yes, I like the. I like the strict. I like the constrictions of five because then it becomes more elite. Um, it becomes, in theory, more of an honor. But in the same way that I get frustrated that we have to make top 10 lists when, like Ben was saying, his 11 through 13 are in the top 10. Basically, what you're saying is there are 13 movies actually this year that I consider the creme de la creme. And then Mm -hmm. another 10 or so that I also love a lot and I want to recognize. Now 14 because of of Lazaro. Felice. Lazaro. Lazaro. Felice. Which we will not be talking about on the foreign film episode because Italy didn't submit it. That's fucked. I keep getting the... So what is this? Five Netflix movies in your top 10? In the top 15. Okay. I keep getting that Private Instagram advertisement of the Italian submission that 
is submitted. What is and it? it? And I'm, it's like, called, like yeah. And well, I'm it's like, the Mateo, oh, it's yeah. the Matteo Garona. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, why am I getting an Instagram? Didn't that win ad? something I can't? It won Best Actor. Right, 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 right. You guys are totally right. Capernaum's going to be the bad movie that is the fifth. Slot. Well, if it's bad. Some people like it. Some, some people really some like people it. Some people we like like it. I think Emily Yoshida put it on her list. I think it was on A.O. Scott. It was on A.O. Scott's list. I, I think it was number like. 10 on yeah. A.O. Scott's. As long as Girl doesn't get nominated. Oh, wait. So I, I want to just wrap up with Corieta, but I while we're on Can, I did want to ask you because you were saying that Lazaro Felice is your favorite movie of the year. So you, I think, have now seen the most competition films from Can. Sure. So you would give it to Happy as Lazaro. Yes, N- no question. So I guess I don't know why I'm asking you this because I can't have the conversation I want to have because I haven't seen it yet and I don't want you to spoil anything, but I'm just curious to know what you liked so much about it. You've both seen it. I haven't watched it yet. I like it. You like it. You don't like it the way I like tell it. Tell me. No. Okay, tell me Do something. you know what it's about? Because I didn't. I didn't either. I, I didn't know anything. Don't I have a question. anything. Is Lazarus swole? Oh, well, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a peasant worker. He he's never. Got, he's, he's got those the farm land. boy muscles. He oh. never takes his clothes off, but he's doing lifting the he's whole swole. movie. Yeah. He's Lazarus doing swole. lifting. He's doing lifting. He's doing chop. I mean, lifting. someone tweeted every. I was watching Lazarus, and I was like, "He's hung." Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I had a moment like that looking at a still. I was like, "Fuck!" No one told me Lazaro was swole because there yeah, are so many know. shots of him just walking, that and I, you can like you focus I on. I don't his know dick. if you can say what you like about the movie without spoiling. I think we have to wait. To um, that's yeah. fine. I'll probably. I'll, well, I was hoping to watch no, Monrovia, spoil. Indiana this yes. evening, but I don't want to watch it on my laptop. Yeah. I want to watch it on the TV. You need to my cord, baby. I know. Oh, I can give you one. I think. Do, is, do you have an adapter for a laptop? For, it, for should, this? it should go straight into. Well, that. we well we can do that after the. Yeah. We can do. We've we'll, now we'll done. We've now done fifteen minutes of filler. Uh, yeah. Um, can, she's Benjamin, really good. But I was just because Lazzaro won uh, screenplay at Cannes, and it, what won third prize at Cannes? Capernaum. Oh, it did. That's Black right. Klansman won, got second. Right. Choplifters, the movie we're supposed to be talking about right now, yeah. got first. We talked about it. Um, I'd like to talk more about it. <laughs> The things that I like about Lazaro that are not spoilers are just how absolutely beautiful it is. Every fucking shot that the acting is something. There's just like a quality. There's a Cassavetian quality to it. Mm. Um, I love What's Her Face. It's What's Her Face. Which one? I can't say. In the, yeah, yeah. You know who I'm talking about. I do. Yeah. My friend, fellow film fag Ryan Latanzio, sent me a screenshot of somebody getting a bunch of liquor poured in their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's Without like, context. What scene is that? There's like two bottles, multiple bottles at once. Is that that beginning? It's, it's in the first part. Yeah. Um, and I love the that it's a wildlife sun. There's. There's wild, there's literal wildlife metaphor going on. There is, I love that he's just like maybe a slow boy who is just so pure of heart and he's just exploited. It's basically. Well, I know that about it. It's Ohazard Balthasar, but about a human a being and he barely speaks. Well, of course so he's basically course a donkey. <laughs> so he's, he's the mule. Yeah. He's the mule. He is the titular mule. He is. And you know what? I'm happy he's happy. Me too. Felice. I'm happy that you are happy. Felice. That Lazaro Felice. is happy. Felice. Lazaro Felice. Okay, I want to... When he's in the field working and everyone's just like, Lazaro, Lazaro, like throwing shit at him. Mm. Lazaro. Uh, when they tell the little boy that like his Jean mom Dillman. killed himself. 
Do you remember? That? Okay. Wait, what? Well, no, on. it's not. No, they're playing a trick on him. They're okay, just well, teasing a kid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what? <laughs> he's like, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked. It's so. Is fucked. the film a committee? <laughs> no. <laughs> but you thought it was a committee. No. You found things to laugh at. No, there are definitely jokes in it, but oh, it's there's also jokes. There's humor. It's also just like a brutal. There's a sounds like choplifters mm. because there's also laughs and it's a brutal life. Mm-hmm. I've, it's a brutal we, life, we've mentioned son. it already, but I laugh so hard when Kieran Kiki leaves her ex-in-laws mm-hmm. with the with the little with envelope of money. Yeah, 30 yen and again. And then she stops on the stairs. Yeah, only 30,000 yen again. Mm-hmm. Speaking of stairs, so how great is the staircase and nobody knows, which the first time Akira is going up, there's these two kids who look like little street urchins on the downside of the stairs just playing their little recorders. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah. And then there are all these moments in the film that take place on that staircase, like the wonderful scene where the kids all finally break out of the apartment and go run and find the flowers and the concrete, which mm. they then replant in the, mm. on the veranda. Um, but it made me think about how, how he uses not space, but how he uses location mm-hmm. and, and the idea of space holding memory and space holding the idea of a relationship. Okay. You guys don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> ben, 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 Ben is getting the, the gunk out of his eye. It looks like, and Brandon is just staring I, at the ceiling. No, no, I'm listening. That's I was how listening. I listen. Okay, well, I'm done with that point anyway. <laughs> All right. I was enjoying your point. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say, I'll, I'll save it for my for my outro. How are we on time? We're done. I told you I was not prepared for this Does podcast. It, that's okay. It's Saturday afternoon. This is new for us. I'm ready to go. Right. Does anybody else have anything else go. they want to say? Anyone have a Jean Dielman reference to make? Um, when they are there. Lot of, lot of they're cooking. all there. A lot yeah. of cooking. Yeah, they're just a lot of preparing, a lot of preparation. A lot of, lot of, what, a lot of meal prep. A lot, a lot of, a lot of killing because of the system. Accurate. That's a good call. And with that, I am happy to say that we have reached the end of another episode <gasps> of Movies IMO. Wow. Choplifters. On Choplifters. Get to the Choplifter! <laughs> Isn't it funny? Ah! Shoplifters is rated R, but Burning is not rated. Well, you know why Shoplifters is rated R. Because it has not one, but two great asses. Mm. Yeah, but, I mean, Burning has a great ass. Well, I wonder why Shoplifters decided to go through the MPAA. Burning doesn't have, like, a... A burial scene? (laughs) A major distributor. Oh, wait, what? Who distributed Burning? Well, go USA. That's right. And Shoplifters is five. Who is it? It's Magnolia. Yes, that's right. That's, that's fucked. Right. I didn't and even so thought about that. Oh, and also, and, and Corey Ada, no. a couple of his films are, are produced by a company called Gaga. Yes. yes. Let's not forget. Lady Gaga. So produced. you can you can Choplift us five stars on the Apple Podcast application or store. You can chop them right in, all oh, five yeah. stars. Please leave us a nice review to go along with your five stars Ooh. and tell us. What do you like to chop lift? Hmm. That'll work. What do you like to chop lift? <laughs> no, what did What's wh- your relationship with your parents like? <laughs> That's better. If you were to draw a really sad sketch of your absent mother, what color would you paint her dress with crayon? <laughs> How great is the detail of the when, What was your name before you were kidnapped? <laughs> That's it. Where are you burying your dead grandmother? <laughs> what room of the house are you burying your dead grandmother in? <laughs> I would say under the pond, but apparently um, there's not enough no, space. Not enough room. Not enough room. Okay. Um, 
my name is Daniel Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook. Oh, we didn't introduce ourselves at the beginning of this episode. <gasps> oh, wow. Oops, my bad. That's the first time that's happened and I was in charge. So I'm Case sorry. But my name is Daniel oh. Crook. You can find me on the internet at Daniel Crook with three O's. I really like how Coriada uses dirty dishes, or not dirty dishes, but used dishes to illustrate family togetherness. <clears throat> the example I will cite is an after the storm and in, oh fuck, I think choplifters, but maybe still walking. There is the visual of just stacked bowls together next to the sink mm-hmm. on a mat. And you think about who was eating out of those bowls. I think it's still walking. Still walking. You think he was eating out of those bowls. How they ultimately go back in the drawer together. And by uh. the drawer, I mean the inevitable grave. Oh. It is oh, coming no. for us all. Oh, no. Now all I'm of a sudden, crying. this is the Buster Scruggs podcast. If you're watching a picture that makes you smile and laugh, then hurt and cry, you might be watching what we call a Coriata picture. Wow, that was a very good Natalie Portman in Box Lux. Oh. Ha, 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 ha. That's good. Bring it at home. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so thankful we're not doing a Green Book episode. I'm Brandon Kirby, and next week is the Green Book episode. You can find uh, me on Twitter at BK Kirby. I'm Ben Emby. You can find me on Twitter at real.hands. Next week, we are talking about Alfonso Cuaron's Roma. Roma, Roma, ma. Roma, Roma, ma. I keep thinking. I was, I was like, I was about to be like, it's Beale Street, but it's not. It's not. Are we reading a book? I'm illiterate. We are reading the titular novel. Beale Street is. I tried to put it on hold at my local library. Two weeks. Yeah, for for the movies I am a book club. If anyone wants to join in, we're reading. We're reading at Beale Street. Could talk. I'm underlining things in the book. Oh, I have I got mine from the library, so I shan't be doing that. I gotta get mine. Should still. I just choplift my copy of a yeah, Street could talk yeah. from the library? Hell yeah. I'm gonna do it. We're talking about Roma folks. We are also talking about Quaron's first two films. No. Not well two, his two Spanish language films. Mm-hmm. Um one is his very first his which I just know stars Zama. What is it called again? Solo con tu pareja. Correct. And then we are talking about Itumama Tambia. What was in between those two? Lots Little a Princess. Whole of American movies, Great Expectations. Oh fuck, that's right. What else? There was another one in the nineties. What in tarnation is this? <laughs> oh yikes! Oh. And I, then I hope we are not going to say what that is. I'm I mic. hope that's a blank like. Un- I guess we can say accidental IMDb page. Casey Affleck, the untitled Casey Affleck Alfonso Coron project. This is a TV movie. This doesn't seem real. That's okay. How did I even get to that? I don't know. I don't know what you're clicking on over there. <laughs> what am I clicking on? He's certainly not on Tumblr anymore. Oh. Yeah, fuck uh, that. R.I.P. Tumblr. Where's my prawn? R.I.P. Where's oh. your what? Prawn. Prong? I don't know what that, what you're saying. It's porn. Oh. Prawn? He's oh. just switching the letters. I get it. Prawn. I'm, I'm on I'm on board now. And the O's a zero. It's like an internet thing. Oh. You are such a little gamer. Gamer faggot. Brandon Kirby, Dark Web. <laughs> Top 10 of the year. Unfriended. Dark web. Just kidding. I'm not Matt as farmer. Hi, Get Matt. to the Chirons. Matt is spam. Spawn. There's no a R. Spammer. He lives er in Seattle. Spammer. He did. Esprawner. He moved Pron, to Brandon. Seattle. Congratulations on your move to Seattle, Matt. Congratulations. Are we done? <laughs> <laughs> do we do it? Yeah. The winner is Jane Fonda. Thank you. Thank you very much, members of the Academy, and thank all of you who applauded. 
There's a great deal to say, and I'm not going to say it tonight. I would just like to really thank you very much.